This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, so we've had an email come in from Dave. Hello Dave. And Dave has said, not very unspecific, so I'm not sure how you're going to answer this one, but... (laughs) Hopefully you can. Maybe I should have pre-warned you. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. Bit of a heads um, up. Dave has a three-year-old lab. Okay. Um, which keeps scratching. Oh, okay. And that's kind of it. It just says... Good to know. Yeah. Thanks for that, Dave. Cheers, Moving Dave. On. <laughs> dogs, dogs scratch. I'm, I'm not sure... I'm guessing he wants to know perhaps why. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we obviously know that dogs do scratch a lot, and I guess just touch on the reasons why and what you can do about it. Yeah, sure. Um, you made a good point. All dogs, like all humans... Scratch from time to time. You get an itch, you've got to scratch it. If it starts to become a little bit excessive, then yeah, that's perhaps something you want to look at. And I'm guessing in Dave's case, it's probably getting to the point where he's scratching a lot. And when I mean by a lot, you get to the point where uh, you're missing fur patches, the skin's red, raw, um, or if the dog is sort of licking or chewing their paws quite excessively, it can be, start to become quite damaging. Okay, well, I'm going to jump in here. Just right? for a change. Just for, just for a change. Now, I've seen Sassy yes. nibble at her paws yes, quite, quite a, a lot. lot. Yes. And you're constantly telling her in a very nice professional dog training way, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. What's that? So, good question. Okay, many owners will relate to this. Many owners have got dogs that are scratching and chewing paws and what have you quite a lot. It's very difficult to know exactly what it is. So, you basically got to systematically go through a lot of different things to try and find out what the underlying cause can be. And again, the difficulty there is the dog can't tell us what the problem is. And if it's a combination of things, that just makes our job a little bit more difficult. So the... So to answer your sassy question... I'm getting to that. Okay. Um, having gone through the... Okay, we'll start with this particular point. And having gone through the process with sassy, I'm now at the stage of what I think the issue is with her is she's getting slightly too much vitamin B in her diet. Now, one of the key symptoms of excessive vitamin B in the dog's diet can be that their pores, their extremities, can feel quite tingly and quite irritating. Think of it like when you get pins and needles. It's just you want to sort of shake that out or squeeze it, and that's what they're doing. The, the bummer is having too little vitamin B in the dog's diet can also replicate the same symptoms. So I've got to that stage of it's one way or the other, so it's just trying to either eradicate or or provide more vitamin B to find out which way it's going to go to source her out. And that's what we've kind of worked out. Taking out some of the vitamin B from her diet is helping the issue. I did an allergy test with Sassy some years ago. And of the 50 plus allergens that she was tested for, she was reactive to 90% of them. What kind of things? Would, Anything. And would, but what, when you say there was 50 things, are we talking the same as what humans have? Like if they've got an allergic to... Peanuts, chicken, whatever, right? Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. So, And there's a bulk of it's going to be from food. And then you can have your um, chemical allergens and your environmental allergens. So those are the three things that I would generally sort of look at um, off the cuff. Sorry, most dogs when they scratch, either they've got an itch, which is just like everyone is. Everyone gets an just itch. Got an itch. But I, I think from a, a non-doggy person, even though I've got dogs, 
Um, would it not be ticks? Would be yep. one of the main thing that I would think about if I'm seeing a dog scratch. I'm thinking, right, that dog's got a tick. It, it could be that, but again, in in terms of like three larger brackets, I would break it down into food, chemical, or environmental. The food one can be again, like with humans, some humans are allergic to some foods. Seems to be more and more prevalent these days than it ever was, but that's for another pod. So it's then trying to work out which food they are particularly reactive to, and, and that's where doing things like allergy tests is a quick way of helping. Sassy's reactive to chicken. Who knew? So as a lot of dogs here are. Now, whether it's the actual, the, the chicken itself, or whether it's the insecticides, pesticides, whatever is inject hormones that are injected into the chickens in production that they're reacting to, that could be something else as well. But if you're feeding a dog chicken, take one from different sources and see which ones works. Or take out chicken entirely and see if that has a benefit. So a lot of the time, changing foods is an immediate way of trying to tackle a problem. It's worth noting, though, just changing your food from brand, if you're feeding kibble, for example, brand X to brand Y, you want to do that for four to eight weeks before you might start to start seeing any changes. So it's not a case of, oh, I fed them this kibble today and that one tomorrow, oh, they're still scratching. Well, of course, it's going to take time for any of these things to maybe take effect. When you first notice that your dog is scratching a lot, what's your first step? Is it to check for a tick, for example? Uh, or me personally, or just well, more generally think? Yeah, well, um, not for you personally. You're a dog trainer. I was yeah. just maybe, maybe you could tell the listener what the first thing would be to, yeah, to I mean, check I, for. I just guess go, for you know, any of us, you'd just go over and, and have a look. You know, do they have a little scratch? Do they sort of cut themselves? Do they have a tick? Just you know, look for anything that's a physical, obvious sign of what the problem can be. Just jumping on. Were they bitten by a mosquito? Really? Yeah. Never thought of that. Mm. Um, just on the tick thing, do you have any uh, top tips of how to get ticks out? F- fingernails very carefully, or tweezers. Do you have the twist? Because I was always told to twist them out and pull them. So you twist and you pull. You want to be careful, so you take out the whole tick, because obviously the head buries into the skin but either some tweezers or if you've got a, any element of nail. And you want to you want to start from the back of the tick, so you're working against the way it's lying, if that kind of makes any sense, which probably doesn't. Um, getting the tick under your nail and then sort of gently lifting them out, that's generally, way, generally the way I would do it. Okay, because I was always told to just grab, twist, and pull. Uh, yeah, but you want to be careful with it. It's funny you should mention ticks because in terms of uh, chemical allergens, that could also be one of them. Either the ticks themselves or any other sort of bug or something that has a you know, mosquito bite or there's an, God knows how many insects and bugs that we have here in the tropics could just be something they've been bitten by or they've brushed up against. There's some very furry caterpillars here that just gently touching them can have quite a visceral reaction on our skin. Same for the dogs. Other chemicals, what you wash your floor with what you wash the dog itself with. There's a smorgasbord of amazing shampoos and conditioners you can get for your dog, most of which smell lovely, which is great for us. But what are the chemicals that are actually involved in that particular product? And is your dog reactive to one of them? Could you tell from the skin? I guess you could tell if the skin's discolored or if it's uh, red raw or if it's flaky. Would that give you an indication of what it could be if if you can't find any insects? Uh, yes and no. Uh, the main thing is obviously there's a problem. 
It's as simple as that. In terms of the yes, it's if it's red raw, that would suggest that, yeah, they've been scratching to hell or high water for whatever it is that's bothering them in that particular area. If they're sort of generally flaky all over, it could be a range of things. So it's it's not quite as cut and dried. If it's flaky, it means this. If it's red raw, it means this. There's there's a little bit of overlap. Now, I see a lot of street dogs where we live here in Thailand, and a lot of them don't have hair and they're red that's mange is that right or it, it, it could that could be one of the one of the issues just uh, just for those who aren't knowledgeable what is mange so, so there's two types of mange which is simply wet and dry and there's also on that note bacterial infections and viral infections that can affect the dog's skin again at that stage that's something i would start to could be going to my vet and saying hey we need some particular help and again if my dog is scratching a lot or has flaky skin whatever it is my first protocol usually is going to be the vet they might do a skin scraping and then they can look at the skin under the microscope and they can tell you, you know, what it is potentially it's a, it's a viral infection it's a bacterial infection and this is the easy treatment for it or it might be that yes it's one of the other myriad of things maybe it's something in their food one of the chemical allergens that we were um, talking about and chemical allergens aren't just you know, things you wash the floor with or the shampoos that you use. It could also be, you can get a lot of treatments for ticks and fleas. Some are tablets they ingest. Others are liquids that they put on the skin. Some are in, administered by injection. Again, any of that, the dog could be reactive to. So we've worked out the dog has an allergy. Yes. We've done the allergy test. The vet said that. And then we've obviously can get some sort of medication for it. What's the best way to, is it is a cone the only thing that you can use to stop a dog from scratching itself? Uh, no, and the cone doesn't stop them scratching themselves. It will only stop them scratching their head. Um, so don't use a cone, Dave. Use, yeah, the cone's not... Uh, if your dog's got an itch on, it, on its back hind dog's, leg. Yeah, sort of licking and, and scratching, uh, sort of get, using their mouth to get to other parts of... of and there's the nothing mess. funnier than a dog in a cone, to be <laughs> fair. Especially um, if they're trying to go upstairs. Yeah, I, I don't advocate the use of cones where possible. There's, Do you not? No, most dogs understandably do not like wearing a cone it cuts off their vision and it's just a impossible for them to get anywhere without bashing into things which is funny Plus, it's very difficult to eat and drink and if it's raining they're outside and they look up they're going to drown but they do get sky sports which is a is a positive thing for all dogs i apologize <laughs> russell's trying to be very serious <laughs> and I'm la- good I, I, I do i like, sorry it's like dogs in hats i find that hilarious dogs I, I, in cones yeah, i no, could watch I, dogs in cones <laughs> youtube clips for yeah, hours and hours I, and hours I, I do get that what you can get and i've advised this for a lot of clients is the inflatable cones so it's they can go swimming a, or it's basically think of a rubber ring think of a dog with his head stuck in a rubber ring which That's is even more funny well, there you go. it's equally comical however it's much more comfortable for the dog so if they're trying to lie down and get comfortable the cone will interrupt them. These don't. It's like having a pillow around their neck. So they're more likely to be able to lie down and get comfortable. If they're trying to walk around, it's not blocking their vision. But how big would that donut have to be? Because It doesn't have to be that big. Because again, you're trying. It's, you're either trying to stop them from scratching an ear or their nose. I love okay. the way we've both been very yeah, visual know, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretending <laughs> we're scratching our ears. Or but. you're trying to stop them getting their mouth round to their flank or their legs or something. And again, there's enough of it there that they just can't get round to it okay so let, let's get back to the to, to Dave's question so well, just one oh, other point so on. we mentioned food we mentioned chemicals there's also and this is usually the big ticket item your environmental allergies of which there are <laughs> a lot what do you mean by environment grass pollen it's not just grass there's different types of grass and plants and leaves and flowers all of that and there could just be one element one particular flower one particular grass that your dog just happens 
to be seriously allergic to. And when it comes to when it comes to things like food, you can go through. It takes time, but you can go through a process to work out. Ah, okay, my dog's allergic to X or Y. Yes, you could do an allergy test that might speed the process up, so you know which food supplements, uh, sorry, food elements they're allergic to. Chemicals, you can also do the same, and to a degree, environmental allergens, you can also do that with with an allergy test. But there's just so many. It's at some point, it's impossible to manage that entirely. So going back to Sassy, I'm at the stage now where I'm managing her her allergies. I can't cure them because she's just allergic to so many things. So her vitamin B levels, I've, I can manage. So that's stopping the tingling in her pores. But if we go for a walk, and particularly if she goes in the long grass, I know after a few days, she's going to be starting to scratch quite heavily again. At that stage, I'm now back to a medication, which is steroid-based, which is the main thing or one of the main drugs vets, particularly here, would use to try and calm it down. The upside is using even a mild steroid against a mild sort of allergic reaction is it can stop the problem in its tracks, which is great news for all of us. Owners, great. My dog has been keeping me up all night for the last three days scratching. A couple of days on steroids, problem solved. The issue is steroid is any steroid, whether it's for us or dogs, not a good long-term solution. It does become quite taxing on the liver and the kidneys. So again, using my own personal experience, I'll have sassy on steroids, a low-level base steroid for a couple of days. You start to see signs and symptoms waning. She's sort of back to a normal state. I can fade out the medication. Be a few weeks, a couple of months down the line, it starts up again, and we're back on that particular roller coaster. Before I get you to try to summarize our, our random conversation about Dave's scratching dog, uh, just one thing. Salt, sure. salt water. Now, this might be very localized where we live, obviously, in Phuket, in Thailand. Certain times of the year, you get quite a lot of sea lice. Yes. Which irritate myself. And yeah, yeah. when I go snorkeling with my kids and we get, sure. you know, get frustrated and we get out, there's also jellyfish as well. Mm-hmm. We'd take the jellyfish out, but would, you know. No, both, uh, both will cause a reaction. Dogs are going to get stung by, by both and, and would react in the same way that we would. So, and if you're dealing with sea lice, I mean, the, the bigger issue with dogs going for a, a swim here mentioning salt water i mean you can use salt water to to clean infections right that's what we say oh you know wash it off in salt water saline solution you know to clear out a skin infection and what have you there are degrees of truth to that the bigger issue is with having a wet dog is you're going to especially in a temperate climate like we have you're going to get hot spots so which is again is another skin irritation that you have to deal with which can lead to scratching i didn't even mention this earlier it might just be a simple case of your dog goes swimming a lot be in the pool, lying in the wet grass in the garden, so not swimming, but just still damp. And they've just developed these hot spots, which is a hot, moist area in the skin, which just gets irritating because they've not been dried properly. So it might just be a case of you know washing, but properly drying your dog with an air dryer, not just a, a damp you know towel to get the excess off. Dry them out thoroughly, brush them out so the the fur is all clear, the skin is all clear, and they're dry. And maybe that solves, it certainly would solve the hotspot issue. And that stops the overall scratching, then that's your issue. So this is a difficult one to summarize because I think it really depends on on Dave's dog. And I think, uh, and I'm probably going to say this, but I think you're, you're going to say the same thing. We recommend that you go and get the dog checked out. It's just a case of deduction, right? Trying to work out what could it possibly be. It could be food. It could be anything in the environment. It could be chemicals. It could be sea lice. It could just be that they're 
they've got hot spots from being wet. It could be a myriad of things. It could be a combination of all of those. And I'm Dave, I'm to you personally, I'm sorry. I can't say, oh, this is what you need to do. X, Y, Z, Bosch, problem solved. It is a case of trying to work out, you know, taking one thing out and seeing if it makes a difference. If it doesn't, try something else. If you go through all, I mean, yes, an allergy test is a very good starting point because there's your bit of paper, you know, straight away, these are the things that we've tested for that my dog is reactive to. That discounts the fact that there might be other things that weren't on the test that my dog is also reactive to. And where are those chemicals prevalent? Who's to know? Tough question then. It, yeah, it is. And it's, it's an interesting one. It's quite a deep topic when you really start to kind of get into it. But there's no easy fix to trying to work out why is my dog having a good scratch. And for a lot of the time, it might just be, actually, I've just got a bit of an itch. I think that's the best way to finish. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Barkcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.